0: Boom. Uh, ready to go. Hey, everybody. Um, this is a, a special time that we're coming together. Uh, we've got in here. we got Josh, and we got Josh. Um, not the Josh that everybody is asking for, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll learn to. It's, it's to, not the
1: Josh they want. It's the Josh they need. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Drop well, the money. You guys uh, to know him as Cujo, yes, which is, is, is a way Cujo. cooler name than Josh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just as long as you know how to spell it. So it's C-O-O-J-O. So uh, I had to find that out. But anyways, uh, the reason that we're here today is uh, we want to talk a little bit about remote ID and um, kind of dispel some of the myths and misunderstandings uh, about it. And uh, Cujo here is from the FPVFC, uh, one of the uh, organizations that we have um, partnered up with. Uh, they love them. Oh, yeah. We, we love them. I think yeah. they're one of our tightest partners right now with the, the fight and the push for um you know, the advocacy for the hobby and everything. So we, uh, we joined forces with uh, FPV um, Freedom Coalition, um, obviously the Flight Test Community, Sa- uh, Community Association, um, and then we have the Drone Service Provider Alliance and also uh, Pilot Institute. Yeah. So um, a team of us got together and kind of addressed what was, what was happening or what, you know, might be perceived as happening and just trying to set it all straight. So um, hopefully we get a some yeah. good interaction and it's not too boring for some people, but I, I think <laughs> that uh, it should be um, enlightening.
1: Well, it's kind of unfortunate because with everything with flight tests and I know with FPVFC and, and everyone else, like we want to get people into the hobby. We want to be able to take over hurdles. One thing that does us no favors is not knowing what reality is. Right. And, and maybe, uh, maybe a time like this is not the most entertaining but it's absolutely incredibly important that we have accuracy and that people know what is really going on. So number one, the sky is not falling. Mm -hmm. Number two, they know it's coming down and number three, they know how they can either be part of a solution or be able to navigate these new waters. And uh, we're really blessed uh, with people like Cujo, Dave Messina, Greg. um, Mm -hmm. A lot of great people have kind of come together. And although this is not typically us, you know, flying crazy challenges, Mm-hmm. Um, this is important and it's also important for you guys to be equipped with this. So when you do hear someone in despair or thinking about what they do do or do not want to get in the hobby, you can encourage them Yeah. because what kind of frustrates me more than anything, I think all of us sit here at this table uh, and screen is the fact that anytime misinformation discourages someone from trying out this great hobby, it just breaks our heart mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't want that to be the case. And we want you guys to be equipped and also to hopefully answer any questions. So, you can continue to join the hobby, promoting the hobby, advocating for the hobby, etc.
0: Oh yeah, because we know what miscommunication and uh, stuff can do. Yeah.
1: So I guess we got to educate first. And Cujo, God bless you because you guys, you guys have a knack for technical knowledge and what's going on. And uh, I appreciate you taking time here yeah, to no uh, help us go through all this.
2: I'm happy to be here, guys. And you know, one of the cool things about you know I've been with FPVFC since the beginning, uh, since. Uh, you know, it was just an idea. And the cool thing is, is I've been able to, to develop my skills and, and partner with people who feel like, uh, that we need to protect the hobby. And it's super important that, uh, we continue to do that. And, you know, we've taken the tack of, of working with the FAA. Um, you know, Dave has been gracious enough to donate his time to, uh, work on the drone advisory committee or the, uh, AC, as it's now called, um, and has participated in at least a dozen different tasking groups now. Um, and through those tasking groups, we've been able to to really uh, push for advocacy for recreational uh, flyers when um, that advocacy is severely lacking uh, amongst uh, you know a lot of the regulations that are happening right now. So um, it's definitely a blessing to be here. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And glad to help in any way I can. So
1: I, I appreciate that, man. Awesome. Well, yeah, and we've gotten to work with Dave on a lot of different task groups and stuff. Task group 12 was the most recent one, and uh, mm-hmm. he is a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I don't know how he's wired that way. It probably <laughs> freaks you out, too. But um, <laughs> why, why don't we start, first of all, with the most provocative word that we're going to be mentioned here. And, and I agree why it is provocative. Remote ID.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, why don't you break that down for us?
2: So, Remote ID uh, started with the FAA Reauthorization Act in 2018, and um, over over the uh, last couple of years, it's been uh, uh, kind of developing. So, um, when it first came out, uh, there was a lot of uh, issues uh, that the community saw in it, and when I say community, that's the entire industry as a whole, from recreational flyers to Uh, commercial flyers to small, small business operators, to uh, people like uh, Google wing. And, um, and so through that process, uh, I know we did a major advocacy campaign. I think you guys did a massive advocacy campaign Mm -hmm. and through that process and, and through a lot of other people's help um, through, through relationships that, that we've been able to uh, foster, uh, you know, from our inception Uh, we were able to get 53,000 comments um, Mm -hmm. put into uh, the FAA on Remote ID. So currently, as it stands and where it's going to stand, basically, is there's three options for you. So you've got uh, standard Remote ID, uh, which is going to be for essentially pre-built kits. So if you're DJI, if you're uh, Skydio, if you're um, any of these bigger... uh, companies who are producing ready-to-fly kits um, that they need to incorporate remote ID in two separate ways. So it needs to be on the drone or on the the, uh, aircraft, and it also needs to be in the transmitter. And those two things need to communicate with each other, and they will be broadcasting out uh, a variety of information. So it's going to be the location of the uh, aircraft. It's going to be the location of the operator. It's going to be the speed, uh, the height. Um, it's, you know, all these things, as well as emergency messages if there are any, uh, anything wrong with the aircraft. And even, even the height of the pilot, too. Yeah, the elevation of the pilot for yeah. sure. And thanks, uh,
0: Stephanie. you be uh, high in <laughs> <as> the <Yeah. laughs>
2: So, you know, these these different uh, these different elements will be broadcast out, and that information is going to be publicly available with something as simple as an iPhone, right? And, so, and this is
0: all this is all on the standard the standard this is
2: standard remote ID. So okay. standard remote ID starts uh, next month, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, on the sixteenth. Now there are rumors that uh, that's going to get pushed back, um, yeah. but uh, I haven't heard anything solid on that yet. Um, and my fear is, is that um, the people are a little bit behind. So uh, in terms of, of rolling out standard remote ID across their, um, their uh, fleets. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, the second option is something that we at the FPV FC pushed for big time. Same and that was uh, the broadcast modules. And yeah. the reason we pushed for that is there was a, an old term called limited remote id in which you could only do certain things and it phased out pretty much about 98% to 100% of the existing uh uh aircraft uh that existed uh, that would be drones that would be DJI that would be you know everything uh even even you know from the the you know the the drones that we build at home it would just phase them all out make them obsolete you, you might as well have just bought a brick of mud. Right. So we really pushed for broadcast modules, something that, uh, you could put onto, you know, what we consider a legacy aircraft or, uh, something that we consider home built, which is vitally important to both of us. Right. So, um, and, uh, the broadcast module made it through. And so now, um, as soon as somebody develops one, you can, uh, put it on your aircraft Um, you can change it in between models you'll have to register that with the uh, FAA uh, when you go to um, re-up your registration or when the broadcast modules come out now excuse me that becomes effective next September. September yeah yeah
0: so now and you're talking these broadcast modules just so when people are listening to this we're talking like something that's what the size of like a, a receiver it can be,
1: yeah it, it, it's non weight restrictive and it's very, very small. okay and yeah, far, far more economical on a technical standpoint and an equipment standpoint
2: than I would say standard remote ID would be. Okay. yeah well, yeah, the the nice part about the broadcast module is is it doesn't have to be integrated into your uh, transmitter. So yeah. it's just on the aircraft. Um, it does instead of broadcasting the pilot's location, it does broadcast the takeoff location. So, um,
0: which sounds a lot more, I mean, to me, as far as like privacy and security and everything sounds uh, a lot safer in the sense that if somebody's flying and if with a standard one that they know, okay, I know Stefan, okay, I see this plane and now this, oh, that guy over there is is flying it and I don't like this. I'm going to go over and, you know, smack him with a plastic baseball bat.
1: Protection (laughs) of people doing legal acts. Legal, legal, illegal, right. legal, legal activities yeah. is also should be part of safety as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, know, you look at look at the severe consequences for doing anything to harm a pilot or an aircraft in flight, period, mm-hmm. from the FAA. And that if we are going to be pushed and I do say pushed into this world of having to have those requirements on us, we should also benefit from the same respect and protection. Yeah. And that seems to kind of be a quiet point, uh, especially with what you mentioned about privacy. Now. The um, the broadcast modules also give you a little bit better privacy. Is that correct? What, uh, say that
2: again? I'm sorry. No,
1: no problem. The the broadcast modules seem to give you a little bit more benefit and privacy because it's an it's like a license plate number, right?
2: It is. So you know the both standard remote ID and. Um, the broadcast modules, they're going to broadcast general information. So they're not going to broadcast your name. They're not going to broadcast, you know, any personal identifying information. However, the security concern, you know, that I know that we're concerned with, that that we're talking with the FAA on um, DSPA um, is talking with the FAA on as, as well as some other folks is that um, the being able to, for that information to be publicly available, duh, it can put the operator at risk, right? So um, it could put you know, if you've got somebody who doesn't want you flying around their house or you know anything mm-hmm. like that, it can put you at risk um, to an aggressive type person. It can also put you at risk to you know, your if if you are flying a you know a commercial mission or you know you've got a six hundred dollar quad and you know over a thousand dollars gear on you with your FPV goggles. You know, somebody wants to take your stuff, they're going to know where you're at. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's a concern um, and it's a big concern. And, uh, you know, I just hope to God that 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 nothing ever happens. But yeah. well, the, know, freedom, the
1: freedom to do business, you know, companies that are doing 107 activity should have the freedom to be able to do 107 activity without someone looking in on their activity saying, oh, okay, yeah, I want to I want to get this business. That That's a form of piracy. I think it's, it's not correct. Or All right. Dang, I never
0: thought of it that way, yeah, but that makes I mean, perfect mm-hmm.
1: sense. for <laughs> yeah. I know Dave, Cujo, myself. I mean, all the way back from CES times when remote ID came on, it was one size upset to everybody. There was mm-hmm. there was not a good solution for anybody. There was only headaches for everybody. And um, I remember at CES, we were talking at one point, you know, remember it was network or broadcast. Yes. And that was the big buzz terms. And the problem with network is there, there's a reason why there were so many telecommunications, this, uh, telecommunication companies On the boards pushing for network, that's because Verizon and AT and T and all these places could charge you money to enjoy this simple, wonderful hobby. Yeah, Yeah. so they just saw financial opportunity, not only with recreational, but also with like Google and stuff like that, and they just wanted a piece of the pie.
2: And it became a form of gatekeeping. Right. So that's, that's absolutely not what we want um, in the recreational and STEM space. Right. We want people to be able to get into it, you know, as easily and as unrestricted as possible so that they Mm -hmm. can enjoy it, have a good time, build some inspiration from it. And who knows, maybe go into, you know, maybe go into a commercial (laughs) business, maybe become a full scale airline pilot, you know, maybe, you know, they Join could the become
1: part of the solution India. to yeah, the right. huge problem the FAA mm-hmm. has. Right. Yeah. And that's a shortage of pilots, mechanics, and aviation careers. Yeah. Right. Huge shortage. I mean, it's yeah. today. Um, you know, so we, we talked about obvious hat. And, and yeah, flight tests and the PVFC, Pilot Institute, and so many other people have been fighting like crazy to make sure that um, that this is advocated for. There's a third option, which to me, I'm the most frustrated that it has not been already put into place because it's part of the original mandate, Um, from Congress back in 2018 and that's free us. Yes. Shame on you FAA for not having this be a solution. I mean, honestly, I don't know any other way to say it, but shame on you. Um, because this, this was the easiest thing to do and you chose to do it last and it completely threw out the door. Everything else, um, that we're trying to do to make sure people can easily get in the hobby. Schools can still use STEM programs around aviation to build future career pilots and, and, um, careers. Um, yet you did it last. And I, I don't know why. I don't think it's right. But let's talk about FRIAs and what that is.
2: Yeah, so a FRIA is a FAA-recognized identification area. Yep. So in its most basic form, think of it as a dedicated location where you can fly without remote ID. Um, <clears throat> and you can do whatever you normally would do uh, in a Freya, I mean, even if you're flying commercial, right? So mm-hmm. if you're going to go uh review a quad for your youtube channel or you're gonna go film some flight or you're just going out to fly for fun in a freya uh uh, remote id is not required so this is going to be an ideal solution for people who fly at clubs uh like could be ama clubs could be out of edgewater Mm -hmm. um that kind of thing
1: could be someone's backyard it could be a school School. it could be
2: a church yeah, yeah and, and that's the other thing, is an educational institution can now, uh, in the final rule, they, they added educational institutions to be able to apply for those. Now, the problem is, is that two people, educational institutions and what they call CBOs, which is a community-based organization. Yeah. And the problem and the reason why Fria Josh, is upset about Fria's not being possible at the moment is that the FAA hasn't defined a clear path to become a CBO. So, you know, organizations like mine, organizations like FTCA um, who, you know, want to be, have gone through the steps um, originally laid out into becoming a CBO. There's no path to do that. There's no application process. They haven't defined that yet. And we got an advisory circular uh, about a year ago-ish and Mm -hmm. um, about that and then just standstill. And this, this path to become a CBO was supposed to be rolled out, uh, I think, 120 days after the reauthorization, something very yeah. short period, the, the like very, four months or six months.
1: The very first thing. And they didn't even have to come up with what it takes to be a CBO because Congress did that for them. And exactly. by the way, I'm, I'm not advocating for anything uh, from what Congress did with the Reauthorization Act. But the fact is, is when Congress does that, it's not like something you can debate. You can do um, comment periods with the FAA on how it should be executed, but the Congress put down, I believe it was Section 349, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so they put down through Section 349, you know, CBOs, FRIAs, Trust, which is basically the testing, uh, safety tests, mm-hmm. um, remote ID, and the pathway they gave for CBOs to be recognized very from the very beginning was you had to have safety guidelines, you had yeah. to have educational programs, a place yeah. to fly at, and um, programs that people could participate in. Mm-hmm. I'm probably missing one or two. And oh, a 501c3. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So immediately, people that were advocating for the hobby, FPB Freedom Coalition, FTCA was created. Uh, all those things people put energy in to make sure that they could continue the community represented to grow. And they put it off and put it off. And as Cujo said, you can't have a FRIA without the CBOs. Yeah. And, but it's, it's the most simple thing because it's right there. Right, yeah. Are you a 501c3? Mm-hmm. Do you have an educational program? Do you have a place for people to fly? Do you have programs? Do you have safety guidelines? Okay. You, you meet the criteria. The goal is not to have one, two, three, four, five. It's for every aspect of the hobby to be able to have people that represent those people that are passionate, like FPVFC, FPV Freedom Coalition, mm-hmm. FTC. Right. We really celebrate the DIY home-built educational programs, things like that. AMA, I would say it would be the older demographic, pre-built airplanes and the structured model club. Mm -hmm. Um, Now the hobby can be represented, advocated for, and people can have pathways to be able to freely enjoy it without burdens. The CBOs were supposed to be the ones that took that burden off the people and be able to advocate. I think that's the answer why it was put last. Um, I think
2: so too. And, you know, I, you know, not that I want a conspiracy theory, you know, anything up, but CBOs are supposed to be part of the stakeholder group that the FAA engages with when it comes to regulations. And by postponing the ability to create CBOs, they, they have effectively limited who they need to talk to. And so from my perspective, that's a bad idea. And you can see from the representation on organizations like the DAC and, um, some of their working groups that recreational is an afterthought. And the sad thing is, is that recreational is the largest demographic of flying Mm -hmm. uh, period. I mean, we, we outclass uh, commercial operators by an order of magnitude. I think last, last uh, major count from the FAA is 1.2 million recreational Mm -hmm. operators. So, just in the United States, that's not in, even worldwide. Previous, and, that was a
1: million. So, yeah, <laughs> so increase.
2: Yeah, yeah, and so I mean, I think that you know, there's there's a major part of the demographic that is getting sidelined, mm-hmm. and by not allowing CBOs to essentially be created, um, they have they have effectively you know squashed that. So you know that's why you know a lot of what we do we we tend to be in parts of part 107 and and in the commercial territory uh, with a lot of the advocacy we do and it's not because you know we we we're, we're falling into that trap it's because a lot of things that come out of commercial can then roll down into recreational eventually so yeah. um and, and by showing the willingness to do the work um in even some of the stuff that has little to no bearing on what we do. Like, uh, I know Dave was part of, a, a um, the C2 signal, uh, uh, drone advisory committee tasking group and, and little to no impact on anything, but by being a part of it and doing the work, you know, he, he gained some, some contacts for us and, and definitely some respect within the, within that uh, industry. Yeah. So,
1: well, and and you nailed it with describing the the size and magnitude of the recreational pilots. Yeah, there there seems to be a notion, and I, I read it in this um, this document here that recreational flying is going away. It's no. the opposite. It's been rebirthed.
2: It, it's hey, been, it's I been agree. Recognized. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that, you know, I think right now the, the skepticism towards getting involved in the hobby is centered around remote ID and how difficult it's going to be, how expensive it's going to be. But here's the, here's the deal guys is right now is the best time to get into the hobby. Um, if you're looking to build, you, you've still got a whole nother year before you even need to be compliant with the remote ID. This current deadline is for manufacturers only, yeah. and and here's the deal with that: if you are uh, somebody like Flight Test, or uh, let's say you're GetFPV, or Rotor or any of these guys that like to do, um, you know, pre-built, ready-to-go, you know, drones um, or or aircraft or you're doing kits for people to, to build at home and and put together, um, you're, you're safe. You're fine. Because as long as you are, um, staying in the almost ready to fly category where there's some level of building happening, uh, by the end user, you're fine. You don't have to put in standard remote ID. Um, and there's a whole nother year until broadcast modules, um, are required, uh, by the end user. So, you know, right now this deadline with Remote ID, strictly for manufacturers, it's it's really going to be relegated to the big names out there. And um, the FAA just uh, approved the ASTM standard, which has been in you yeah. know working group, delivery? yeah, and uh, uh, it's been in working uh, working mode for three years. Um, they finally approved it, and so now I, I I'm pretty sure we're going to start seeing. Uh, some uh, uh, approvals for remote ID coming. Um, I just don't think everybody was super prepared for that. And I think by kind of, uh, you know, holding like holding off approving that standard, which they've had for a while now, um, as well as having FAA personnel involved in that ASTM working group, um, that, uh, you know they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with with oh. being able to roll it out. So
1: just imagine you have a major test, and then you know literally 30 minutes before you take it, have to take the test and be knowledgeable of it. It's like right. okay, here's what the test is about. Right. Exactly. Kind of what they did to the aviation community and the model aviation community is like, okay, we're gonna hold back the standards, and then we're gonna give them to you, and then you have about a month to comply. right. And, um, you know, it sounds doom and gloom right now. I'm not trying to be like we're going to express frustration and anger where it's warranted, but we're also Mm going to make sure people have the truth uh, because it's not as I don't say it's not as bad. It's not good, but it's not something that's going to keep you from enjoying this great hobby. It's not something that's going to keep you from being able to um, promote the hobby. No, we just want to give you the clarity because for us, you know, getting someone in the hobby is not just teaching them how to fly, but it's mm-hmm. teaching them how to do it safely, <clears throat> legally, and properly. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't we can't affect what legally is. Right. And everybody has a choice to say, "I will not comply." But when we're going into schools and we're teaching schools how to bring aviation into their programs, we don't have that option to say, "Oh yeah, let's make you all you know um, not listen to criminals."
2: All. <laughs> like <that>. Yeah, criminal. <laughs> I
1: didn't want to say the word, but yeah, criminals. Let's, <laughs> let's do a little Johnny Manson. let let's make them. Criminals. No, no. we we got to navigate this world. But we also, I'm not going to give energy to people or statements that are not true. And well, I think that's what we want to unpack.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Is there's a lot of, of uh, untruths on, out there. I mean, they're lies that people it's are getting. It, it is. It's trying to get um, a little bit of drama uh, drummed up so we get a little attention. And I mean, sad, sad to say, it's usually the, the YouTube wannabes that uh hey i want to get something something up you know my my subscribers up or my viewership up so if i say something really provocative it doesn't matter if it's true or not i mean yeah. I, i'll if I'll it just, bleeds it leads if it um, bleeds um, it, yeah.
1: nature, but uh yeah. but but here's the thing am i happy about remote i didn't know am i yeah. furious that free us, have not give, been given the process yet or cbo's so we could have had these mechanisms then a year ago two years ago mm-hmm. i mean we're talking 2018 and like you said, Cujo, it was supposed to be done within 120 days. Yeah, now, I know yeah. nothing in the government is done quickly. Um, yeah. But even we were at Mom of America last mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. Um, doing STEM programs. And yeah. what an amazing experience. We were adjacent to where the FAA booth was. There's no animosity there. We went up to them. We are talking to them. Everything was friendly and pleasant. But it's like, guys, you're, you're killing us. Yeah. You're not giving us the opportunity to, to do what you've been mandated to do. And, and how are we gonna navigate this? And, and it's always kinda like the same blanket answer. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of very nice people, you know, we can all get along, but it you're not serving your purpose and you're not equipping us to serve our purpose. And that's right. wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think
0: go, go ahead. ahead. Lee. No, go ahead,
2: Kujo. I think the part of the problem is is that the FAA is seeing uh Effectively within the recreational community is combative, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's not that the FAA is out to get everybody or anything like that. It's that they just they're they're the they're the guys with the rules. And um, but at the same time, the FAA hasn't gone through to the motions to ingratiate themselves within the community to to be effective teachers to well, to really. Key. Exactly. Right.
0: I mean, because the, and that's the thing. Like, we're we're talking to um, individuals that are great individuals, great people, mm-hmm. but um, when it comes to knowledge of the the airspace, you know, the recreational model airspace and everything, and yeah. they have no idea.
1: Well, there's tremendous, other, yeah, and, and there's tremendous other initiatives about getting people into the flying space. Um, I thought it was sixty four thousand. How many how many careers short are we going to be in the aviation realm within ten years?
0: Six hundred
1: forty thousand. Oh, I forgot a very important zero. There. Yeah, <laughs> um, and
0: that's a that's not a study. That's a, that's a Boeing study.
1: So, so, so current events. Let's just go to current events. They just shut down airspace in some of the busiest cities mm-hmm. because they did not have enough employees. Yeah. Let that sink That's a problem right now. So, you want to mm-hmm. fly into New York? You want to fly into LAX? You want to fly into some of these big places? There's yep. not enough career pilots, career maintenance people, career air traffic controllers. Right. And the list goes on. To fill the jobs today, what happens in ten years if there's not a upswelling of people passionate about flight? Mm-hmm. And we have so many great companies. We're one of them. FPVFC is one of them. Horizon Hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, all these great companies are out there saying, "Let's go ahead and make sure you have a pool of people." And they're like, "Okay, but first we got to figure out how we're going to engage that, and we got to go ahead and figure out what hurdles you got to get over." And then when they find out the processes, they don't even give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it well, but I'm beyond frustrated because yeah. we have the solution and yeah. those kids are getting older and older every year. Right. And we're missing opportunities to, to prime the pump.
0: Well, so, yeah. so let me just so I, I can understand what you're saying, Josh, like it's not that we're mad at remote ID. It's more that we're frustrated yeah. with not having the, um, the bridge or, or uh, the, the, the mode in which to get over that, you know, okay. You tell us we have to go 55 mile an hour down the road. Okay. That's fine. Well, give us the the, the vehicle in which we need to go down the road to abide by your laws. So if, if uh, you want us to, you know, have a remote ID, or they want to monitor that. Okay, then let us know what we can do to abide by your your rules. And you have they if, haven't done that.
1: If you're going to put this burden on the people and on the industry, you better have your act together when it comes to the solutions you need. So right. we have clarity, and we can communicate it and execute it well.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I think part of it is is that um, when it came down to remote ID, so you know the initial the initial anger was placed at the feet of the faa and it really has nothing to do with it congress mandated this right so Mm -hmm. congress is the one that said hey you know you're gonna be required to have remote id we've seen congress over the past couple years uh mandate some other things in relation to um to drones especially you know when it comes to companies like dji um and security issues but all this came from congress and now the, the problem is, is Congress said this needs to happen. And FAA was supposed to go out and execute. I, I don't know where you guys work, you know, but where I work, if you don't execute something on a deadline, like there's, there's, there's probably some, some, some kind of, conversation that needs to be had. Oh, there's right? consequences for sure. Right? Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's where we're at. So now, yeah, the frustration is put at the feet of the FAA. And the other part of it is, is that, hey, you're supposed to have a remote ID, but we're not going to give you any specs on how that's supposed to be. In fact, not only that, you have to come up with it and then come to us and we, we basically get to put the check or the X on it, right? <laughs> and so, you know, that's where ASTM and their working group came in came into play. You know, they're they're a they're an international standards board. And I think for this particular uh group, it was over 120 people working for three years to create this. So if you're a small company and you build ready to fly drones, you know, you can't compete with that. And so it's just like, I mean, you know, if you're a company like DJI or you're a company like SkyDio, you know, you know, maybe you've got that in the bag. But you know you're a small-time company it's just like you're relying on that standard that 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 basically crowdsourced standard right from an international standards board to come out so that you have something to go off of and so that that's part of the other problem right
1: yeah well kind of circling back with remote id there, there were some things that were said that were incorrect and, and so everyone knows our personal opinions you know mm-hmm. bad enough with with having to have uh CBOs and FRIAs not being recognized yet because that would be the easiest solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, let's talk about what requires to have remote ID on the basic level. And that won't be yeah. required until next year. Correct. Not uh, September. So say you're flying a DJI product, a race quad, or a home-built model uh, aircraft or an ARF model aircraft. Um, none of this really hits you until next year.
2: So, so the, the end user, uh, is not required to have remote ID until September 16th, uh, 2023. So, mm-hmm. um, now the only thing, the, the things that need to have remote ID are going to be, um, uh, anything that needs to be registered. That's your baseline. So if you're flying, uh, 250 yeah. yep. 250 grams up to 55 pounds. Right. So, um, so if you're flying recreationally and you're flying sub 250, you're fine. You don't have to have anything on there. Um, if you're flying commercially, however, uh, and you are flying sub 250, you will have to have remote yeah. ID.
1: So for example, the the mini, the mini Mavic, mm-hmm. um, that's 249 grams. If you're flying that for 107 activities, you're going to need to have a broadcast module. Yes. And but when if you're the...
2: flying it recreationally, you're fine. just to take some pictures for your vacation, you're yeah. fine. hmm Well, and a lot of people have
1: these drones and and stuff out there that they purchased, like you said, uh, you could have purchased it a month before this deadline and said technically, legally, you're bricked without a solution Mm -hmm. like like broadcast module. Mm -hmm. So that's important. Now, when does the 107 activity for sub 250 kick in? Is that a month from now or is that a year from now?
2: Uh, So that will be a year from now. So again, the end user is not required or responsible for remote ID until next year. Uh, the the deadline currently is that the manufacturers anybody who is manufacturing or producing a drone for for sale and use in the United States is required to have a standard remote ID now that's that that comes in a already ready to fly so if you're going to Best Buy you're picking up you know a DJI uh, mavic um, starting next month it will be required to have uh, remote ID active on it um, Assuming that deadline doesn't get pushed, so. um, But beyond that, yeah, uh, remote ID isn't 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 uh, consumer ready yet until next year.
1: Yeah, so so don't don't sell your planes. No. Out of the hobby, (laughs) if if anything between now and then, enjoy it even more. Get more people in the hobby, Um, because a lot of the things you're hearing us kind of pound our fists and screaming out, they are. I promise you, going to be figured out and addressed by the time it's a reality and our, our goal, um, and I even forgot, I'm sorry. I've been talking about it, PBSC, FTCA, um, commercial drone Alliance. They're amazing too. I mean, yes. everybody's United goal is to have these solutions. It's our burden, uh, to bring to you. Our biggest thing that broke our heart was seeing how many people were disheartened from recent information being released. And it's like, well, I guess the hobby's over. I guess I'm not gonna be able to do this anymore. And Never. seeing the lives that are changed, and seeing that the people that are touched, Through this hobby, whether it's educationally, whether it's just relationally, I mean, the original vision of flight tests was connecting people relationally on a faith-based level by getting parents the ability to engage with their kids on a common activity. Um, That was, that was what we did in our backyard, you know, before flight even existed was we taught parents how to teach kids how to fly. And Mm -hmm. Lee, you breathed so much of that vision in Mm -hmm. from those early days that potency is that that thing is what we want to protect correct so when we see hurdles and misinformation come up that cause people to be discouraged from using this amazing god-given tool it's offensive to us It, it sparks a lot of uh frustration and anger yeah so trust us when we say that we are going to work every bit as hard if not harder than most people to bring solutions and we have the right relationships with the right people um the way that FPBFC is advocating for FPV activity, which has its own other line of hurdles, BV mm-hmm. loss lost for one of them, maybe.
2: Right, right. <laughs> um,
1: just, just know that there's different people that have amazing strengths, and we're all working together in a really good way to, uh, to be able to serve you guys. Um, and as times come up, we're going to be able to address these things. And sometimes it won't be information we, that's going to be making everyone happy. Mm-hmm. But we are committed to giving you a way to legally navigate these waters economically, too
2: yeah and you know fpv you know which is obviously something i'm passionate about um ha- does have its own set of challenges so you know one of the things that came out in the the final rule was uh some vague wording uh, in relation to uh fpv so um uh, and this is another you know one of those misnomers out there that oh fpv is going to be illegal yeah no it's not no. and um uh, one of the, the wording that they put uh I forget how they put it. Is that uh, the uh, person in control of the aircraft has to maintain uh, visual, uh, has to maintain visual contact throughout the, the the flight? And people took that to mean uh, that the remote ID rule was making FPV illegal. And this is something that that Dave and I think uh, Vic uh, had conversations with the FAA. And they specifically said, no, we're not uh, we're not outlawing FPV as long as you have a visual observer, you're fine. That visual observer is the substitute uh, for maintaining visual contact, you know, all that stuff. But one of the things we're pushing for is for the FAA to hopefully put out an advisory circular, just clarifying that, mm-hmm. just saying, hey, look, you know, default to section 349 where it says a visual observer, you know, can can uh, substitute for that. So uh stuff like that that uh people are saying oh the sky is falling for FPV that's not true either and um you know i think that uh you know just people people want to latch on to something and what i would tell you mm-hmm. is latch on to hope that this hobby is going to be here um because you've got people like these guys that are that are definitely pushing it and uh, you know, we're here to back them up. We're here to back everybody up as, as best we can. So you do a great job at it. Man. Yeah, awesome. yeah, definitely.
1: Well, so, so good things ahead. Yeah, yes. absolutely. At the end of the yes. day, do not take any of this information. allows it cause you to not be motivated to go out and enjoy this great hobby? Use it as a tool to connect with others and to have fun. And, um, you know, we'll continue to bring on the realities of it. The hurdles I do anticipate. And I think you've heard it too. There's going to be more information about CBOs and Fios coming up probably within the month, right?
2: Yeah, the rumor is is that it's imminent. So that's
1: it used,
0: to you mean, know. it used to
1: mean 120 days.
2: <laughs> so you know, it, it hopefully it's coming. Um, I, I think they they one of two things is going to happen. They're going to wrap it up before the uh, next reauthorization starts hitting papers. Uh, Cause that's coming up next year. Um, and uh, or uh, they're going to postpone it until afterwards. And God, I hope that doesn't happen. So, mm. um, but uh, one of the things I will say uh, and, and something that I'm passionate about is if you don't keep in mind that this stuff came from Congress initially. So, um, the FAA did not create this out of thin air. It it did come from lawmakers. So, um, if you, you know, I would tell you to get passionate about understanding where your local representatives sit on this kind of stuff. Um, and I would tell you to get passionate about participating in that process. So, um understand what what you know and it seems silly right of all the 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 major issues of our day right Mm -hmm. and uh we're concerned about what you feel uh we should be doing with recreational aviation uh, model aviation right but it's important and if it's important to you then it should be important to them so get to know where they stand on it and if they don't stand where they need to get out and vote yeah both of you
1: the vote the way your conscience uh, depicts. And, uh, you know, every congressman and every representative I know, they have to do a lot of air travel. And uh, a couple of them have probably been affected negatively, you know, through some Mm. of the current shortages we've had. Oh, man. But um, I know when we've talked to people, we've gone to Washington and we talked to our current representatives, there's some really great things. Um, Bringing this into the educational environment Mm -hmm. is something I've never seen, whether it's an RRD in front of their name they've ever wanted to squash Um, Also, the uh, aspect of providing jobs. This is not just protecting a hobby. This is protecting the gateway to jobs. And if if our representatives do not care about that, then we definitely have the wrong representatives. So uh, it is incredibly informative to them because they just don't know what they don't know. And when they picture a drone, they picture, unfortunately, a DJI bot thing, not um, people building, creating, flying, and having a passion for, for this whole lifestyle. Yep we'll, yeah, we'll invite all of our representatives about to flight fest there you go oh, there the you go that, that <laughs> like
2: you that. know it's funny because alex uh he uh went to the last uh a ac meeting um and he uh reached out to emacs um and got them to send a couple uh little uh, drone kits for him and he got a couple of the uh i think he got houston mills under the goggles he got a couple mm-hmm. other uh Uh, Folks there under the goggles. So it was a great way to, Hey, you know, during your lunch break, why don't you actually try, try this out and, and actually learn about what you're, what, what you're doing, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is education. You know, we we want to say educate the the young kids, but we also want to say educate the people who make the regulations and educate the people who write the laws so that they understand. And, you know, I know they're busy people and they've got a lot going on, but, you know, a simple give them some stick time under a set of goggles or, or you know, show them how much fun it can be uh, with some, you know, with a kid's program, invite them to, to what you're doing locally uh, mm-hmm. In your clubs and and amongst your your peers, um, get them out there so that they can see what's going on and they can understand how important this is. Beautifully said, man.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. very beautiful. And uh, Thanks, so Kujo. I think we'll yeah. wrap it up there. And uh, just to th- to uh, emphasize the importance of um, educate and give that information not only to uh, our listeners here, but uh, understand that the reason that we're doing this is so then you can, like Cujo said. Uh, you can take it to your representative. So uh, the all the um, information we talked about today, we have in a nice little document that uh, we all came up with um, that we're going to make available to anybody who wants it. Uh, it'll, it'll be out in the FTCA. Uh, um, the At least a link will be out to it, to it in the FTCA update this month. Uh, um, but if you have any questions at all, you can, I mean, feel free to, to contact us, contact FPVFC, um, you know, the the drone service provider Alliance or pilot Institute, any one of us um, on that. And uh, all that contact information is you know, going to be in this document as well. Yeah. And
1: definitely check, check out the people that we've mentioned here too. They all have a different aspect of flight and the hobby that they represent and they all do an exceptional job. And I know from, from our point of view, partnering with people, that fulfill the whole vision of flight is a number one priority, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm really happy to be part of uh, the relationship with that Pilot Institute Drone Alliance. So it's check them out, and you'll see if people working together can still accomplish great things. Yep,
0: well, cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, Josh Cujo, thank you, man, for your time. Uh, Absolutely. To see you again and flying with you again. You guys did a killer job at Flight Fest.
2: Oh, cool, man. thank Here you. you. Appreciate it. It was so much fun. We <laughs> were. We were definitely happy to be there. It was probably one of the coolest things I've done uh, ever. So uh, oh, nice. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. So
0: well, Beautiful. for those of you that are tuning in, uh, watching this, or listening to this, um, thank you, and hopefully we have some some more uh, some more better good yeah. news coming up here pretty soon. Go out and buy something. Yeah, have good fun, guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josh. Thanks,
2: Josh. Yep, absolutely. See
0: you.